Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our continued Tribeca coverage with our review of Zoe. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. As with most of our Tribeca stuff, I'm not sure when Zoe will be coming to a theater near you, um, but uh, it's a film. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to say Netflix. I'm calling it now. It, what was the one of the things we watched has already been picked up by uh, Amazon? Yes, I just don't remember which one it was because we've seen too many films already. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't remember. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone forever now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this this film will be out eventually, and we're going to tell you whether or not you'd probably want to check it out, <laughs> which may or may not be a very very complicated answer. <laughs> <laughs> as I referenced in the last episode. Um, but uh, yeah, before we get started, uh, any, anything you want to say, Stephen? Uh, what is there to say? It's three in the morning. Chris and I have been together now for over one week straight, yep. which is a good amount of time. Probably the longest consecutive amount of time <laughs> I've ever spent alone <laughs> with any one other person before. I'm feeling good about it so far. feeling good. It, it's uh, been a rough... A rough schedule of watching movies and discussing movies and squeezing work in on the side, drinking more than is advisable on a Tuesday night. But, <laughs> you know, I'm happy. I've got a cup of sinus relaxing tea here, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dive in. Yeah. All right. So we are going to dive in while Stephen takes another sip. I am going to, before I give you my description of the film... I'm going to read the Tribeca description, which is why we booked this film, Mm -hmm. or why I was excited to see this film. From the description alone, I was like, yes, I'm in. I want to see this. This is one of my... I I was really excited to see Disobedience, too. Um, But that was a film that like I'd already seen a trailer for, for, and it was going to come out the week we were going to be here, whether or not we saw it as part of the festival. Um, But here's the Tribeca description of Zoe. In a future where cutting-edge technologies can simulate the high of true love, two colleagues at a revolutionary research lab uh, yearn for a connection that's real. That description, beautiful. Mwah, the right? most Chris description of any movie this yeah. year. This sound like that description sounds like that will be my favorite film of the year. Yeah, that's when, the Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. When, when that film comes out, that is like one-eighth, maybe one-sixteenth of the plot of this film. Right. It's not even the goddamn premise for this film. The premise for this film is that uh, <laughs> Ewan McGregor works <laughs> for a company where he is designing a synthetic humanoid person, and he's trying to show it off to the world. And that same company, later on in the film, debuts this drug that is written in this description. But really, this film centers around... Um, much like, you know, Ex Machina, it centers around the idea of like, how human can we make these humanoid robots be? And will society accept them? Like, so the premise of this film is basically, dude, this this is the way I would describe the film. Dude goes through a bad breakup, tries to make a computer that can love him, or existentially, right? Love people in general. Like he's trying to make companions for people in the world. And this is a story about like, can we learn to have love for machines? That is what the premise of this film should be. Right. 
not exactly what this description said, but I had to read it to get this off my chest because it really bugged me when like this film started. I was like, this is not even close to what. Now, that do you think it said. was being misleading for misleading sake, or do you think it wanted the whole robotic thing to be a surprise to people who walk into the theater? I so I don't know because we I've been excited being that Tribeca is a big film festival here in the city. When we're walking around the city, eating between films. Uh, or drinking between films, a lot of the time we will hear people at other tables talking about a film. And luckily we don't know a lot about the films that we're seeing before seeing them. So sometimes you can just kind of like tune it out because you don't know what, but, but somebody specifically said, <laughs> um, uh, robot sex worker or something like that. And I was like, wait, is this going to be what Zoe's about? Like, what the hell is this going on? Um, so it's, it's I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. doesn't really matter. Steven, Get us back on track and tell me what you thought of so. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a question. Do you think this movie only got in because Mary Elizabeth Winstead was gonna be here already, so Ian McGregor just like <laughs> was along for the ride? Like they were a package deal. Maybe. I I don't want to spoil. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think this is a, I. On the conservative side i think this is a very ambitious film and it, it's hearts in the right place sure. at times yeah i'll, I'll give you that so it's my big real old synthetic art my my real comparison here is a, a film we reviewed a year ago called the discovery on yeah. netflix uh with jason siegel and was kate mara rooney mara i don't i don't remember anymore there there, there were a few big name <laughs> actors in that Otherwise, very forgettable movie. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. Rooney Mara yeah. plays the girl who drowns herself. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, the discovery was a or tries to drown herself. <laughs> the discovery was an ambitious, high concept sci-fi movie that started out with its heart in the right place, had plenty of style to recommend it, and somehow totally didn't work for me at all. Um, I think Zoe is very similar to that, where it's aiming for a lot of top-shelf sci-fi concepts, right? What is love? Can love be manufactured? Can we love a thing that is synthetic? What does it mean to be a human? What does it mean to be synthetic? What is free will? What is desire? Is it just, real quote from the movie here, ones and zeros? (laughs) It's like aiming for the most big, obvious sci-fi questions, and not just one of them, but all of them at the same time. Yeah, too and many of them at the same time. It, I can't tell if this feels more like a music video about those things or like a Back to the Future 2 in a world where there was no Back to the Future 1. Like This feels like the world of Zoe existed and they decided to make a second movie of other characters walking around in that universe. So, so, yeah, and so, like things are happening adjacent to you that you never get the main plot of. Like the whole, the whole drug that you read about that just kind of happens like peripherally in this movie yeah. and we're just told oh look at these two characters in this universe this is what their journey was while that went on yeah it, it, so, it was so, a very weirdly framed sci-fi film so here's what i think is if the filmmakers would have decided to just make this an anthology film and it told all four to five to maybe six of these stories as separate little vignettes. Like the the sci-fi easy. Yeah, yeah. If this was the sci-fi easy, or even like the Christmas special from Black Mirror, this could have been very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think there are interesting concepts in here. Once again, 
I think this film accidentally hits on some very interesting things where like I, I almost made myself cry, like reading metaphors into things that are not explicitly stated in this film. Mm -hmm. Like it was like characters were having dialogues about something else. It wasn't the emotional impact. And I was just like, Oh, Oh fuck. It means this. And I was like, Oh, Mm, it just, it like it, I worked myself into an emotional state trying to expand off of what this film was doing two ways that like, I was like, this film is failing at this real hard. Yeah, it, but if I take this this way, it's making a really interesting point accidentally. Yeah. For me, what, I, what I'm hoping you can help elaborate is tell me why this movie didn't work for me at all, because it, it feels like it should have in the sense that it was stylistically right up my alley. It was emotionally right up my alley. Um, it can easily be compared to movies that I love. Her being the most obvious, obvious example. Yeah. They even have conversations here about like an OS being upgraded and that being the key that unlocks like the lovability of a particular character. Um, I think Leah Seydoux and Scarlett Johansson are like fairly similar actresses, even in the kind of roles that they fill when it comes to to love stories um, yeah. like this. But there was just something about it where everything every plot twist that happened felt so perfunctory and so like obviously coming. I didn't feel like even the filmmakers were invested in it. I felt like they just had like a, a board full of ideas that they had to cram into the movie and they just needed all of them to happen in the time frame. So they were like, all right, we're yeah. going to have a, the ex-wife over here. We're going to have this person. We're going to have conversation about what it means to be human. We're going to have a love. We're going to have a, a romance with fireworks behind us that doesn't even fit the UX of the thing that we presented that's showing the fireworks. Yeah, that was super dumb. It, it, it just felt like a like a visual designer or an editor had a bunch of visual ideas they wanted to get on screen and they couldn't think of a way to make a movie that actually did it. So they were just like, fuck it, we're just going to throw all of it and see what happens. It, it felt very commercial, like a, a music video or a commercial to me. It didn't feel like a cohesive movie yeah i mean because it's it's not at all and that's why this film didn't work for you and i say for you because you pose the question that way this film didn't really work for me either um it was just a thing that i appreciated little individual moments um none of which were christina aguilera as a sex robot no no um, none of those i mean the only thing i appreciated was that like I, she was believable as a sex robot <laughs> <laughs> um but moving, moving beyond that slight joke, hashtag sorry, not Couldn't sorry. Couldn't they have had Jewel play Jewels? <laughs> what? I don't... It's another blonde singer from the same era. Okay. <laughs> my, my memory cache only has enough room for one. Um, but, but anyways, yeah. So th this film does the fucking world's most clunkiest shit, like, constantly. Like, the, all these twists that you re referenced could have been the fucking premise of the movie mm -hmm. there's no reason they have to be a twist because they and don't like, pay off as twists. like yeah they don't pay off as twists at all like there, there was a thing that like like you i saw coming way early and you did this hand motion right before the reveal went on and i'm like i'm like i almost like looked at you and like nodded but it was too late they already said it out loud um and it was just one of those things where like first of all there is, there's a moment in this film that happens long after that reveal, which would have been a perfect fucking reveal for both the character and the audience. Right. Um, it is, it involves an automobile. Mm -hmm. 
that involves a jump scare. And that would have been the perfect moment to reveal something to the audience that they didn't previously have knowledge of rather than try to make emotional stakes to both the reveal and the character's uh, understanding of what that reveal that happens like 30 minutes earlier means in real life. And I think that this film is so concerned with trying to make all of these different sci-fi ideas meld that none of them meld together and none of them can exist long enough to have their own emotional stakes. But the film does, and here's the other thing too, is the film veers into territories that turn out to be not correct. Like there is a scene in which a synthetic human is damaged and the way characters are dealing with how to fix the damaged synthetic made me interpret it as like a sci-fi, like, you know, the, the idea of, um, um, creating synthetic life by literally copying all the synapses in the brain. And if we get, um, what's the fucking term for it is disappearing from my head right now. Um, it's like a whole brain simulation, right? Mm -hmm. Where like you can generate AI by literally just simulating the entire brain. And if you exactly mimic a brain, then theoretically when you kickstart that, it'll just have the consciousness that the other brain has, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm super reductive explanation of what it means, but like there, there is this idea if I can dumb it down. Um, these, the scene in the film sort of implies that like, if we even reboot the synthetic human, that synthetic human will cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And that we don't, it's like Jurassic Park fences. Once we've rebooted the system, we don't know that the fences will come back. So I don't even know if that's what it is trying to imply. I, no, I have no idea not. what the film was trying to imply no, 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 at I, all. I, I, I'm saying that in that scene, I was like, oh shit, that's why this is emotional. Because they don't know whether this consciousness will exist once it's rebooted. And then, nope, that's not it. It's just, it's, yeah, the, it's all... The, the only reason it matters is... It's a hang-up of yeah. one other character. Yeah, so so we can, we can say here there is a human character in love with a synthetic character. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair to say. And the big hang-up here is once the synthetic character gets rebooted or has to be repaired, the human character is so aware of how the sausage gets made yeah. that the the abstraction, like the delusion yeah. that lets love happen, can no longer exist. Which, which itself is super fucking dumb because he is the creator. Yeah. He has that hang up already. There shouldn't be a level of extraction. Like he, like I was even on board with that idea as a concept that like, no matter how perfect fucking Turing test he can create in this being, no matter uh, like how close to the real thing he can get, he will never be able to get there because he made the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a very interesting thing there. And rather than run with that, the film is like, well, people won't understand it. So let's make it about the literal reality of opening the thing up that's already alive. Well, but here's the thing is, not only did they do that, but they also gave us that original explanation. They just, he says that and then he reneges on it. Yeah. And then the automobile happens and then... It's back to being a problem again. It yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It like it makes me wonder if this movie was made in the editing room, like in a different order than it actually was supposed to. Because it, I mean, the romance of this film truly is just a few montages with pretty backgrounds. So it 
it could have been anywhere. Like, I honestly don't know if the narrative of the film would change at all if you just, like, jumbled all the acts around. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it will. I mean, I think if you literally break all the acts apart, you get an interesting film. There are great concepts in this film. Not all of them are original, but they're still interesting concepts to to interact with. The idea of of... What if people weren't getting together with a dating app, but people who were already together were testing the likelihood of success of their relationship with the equivalent of a dating app? Mm-hmm. What does that do if a machine tells you that you have a 25% of making it through this? Would you continue the relationship or would you leave it? Like I don't know, Teddy Westside's, what does it do? <laughs> but I, like, I think those type of things, like once I said, once again, not necessarily original, but those are interesting concepts to deal with. You can make an entire movie centered around that concept people do yeah make a movie around people who got zero percent who are trying to make it work anyway yeah yeah which is basically eternal sunshine yeah yeah yeah. so like these are things that like you can do um the idea of can you love as it being real the thing you created like imagine as you said like imagine her if walking phoenix had programmed scarlett johansson right there would be there would be and maybe a disconnect there this idea of this pill that simulates the um the feelings of love like the way it starts off in the story is like old couples who have been married for years on their anniversary or whatever go pop a pill that makes it feel like the day they met and fell in love with each other that is a fucking great idea probably the best idea the movie had i get why they chose that for the synopsis yeah And, and and i think that like the idea that that like the feeling of falling in love for the first time is such a strong thing that you don't get again. Like if you stay together for 75 years or whatever, right? Until literal death do you part, you will always love that person, but you won't recreate those those first few moments of when you were like, fuck, I'm in love with this person, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of distilling that down to a pill and how it could become literally addictive and how people would just abuse it. Like those concepts really, really interesting. Um, there's just the obvious things of like, how real can the thing be? And, and, and like, um, whether we can pass off, uh, machines as humans, especially in a world where like some of the machines are really like rudimentary and some of them are just, just the idea of, being at a convention with shitty, obvious, fake robots walking around and having a guy give his TED talk and then revealing that he is a machine. Also, by the way, he did nothing to prove he was a machine. Right. He just gives a speech and everybody goes, oh, my God, you're like a real yeah, he machine. he could just be the best salesman ever at that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that, that like he didn't even pull off his head or anything. But like, like that is, there's, there from, I mean... We work in the tech industry, the ability to go to like a show floor where everybody is showing off this stuff that is like decades behind what you have and then be able to just go like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, this is ours. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Right. I like that. It's, it's enjoyable. Um, what else does this thing have? It, it, there's there's just so much stuff that it has in it that could have made a really awesome film. And instead we get this thing that just feels as muddy as it is ambitious mm-hmm. and it's really hard to watch this film and be excited but there are also other things that it it's it it has these things that like i said i may have invented myself just because i get really invested in in 
stories about like relationships that mean something. And I think that to me, one of the big metaphors in the film is there will always be one thing about the person you love who that like is hard to get over. Right. And it's like this, this is a film about if I pass on love because of this hang up, will I ever find it again? Or will I find a replacement for that somewhere else? And like, there's really, really interesting metaphors for what we do in life with the people that we date. And, and, and can I settle for this thing? Um, this person hurt me. Can I remain with them even though they hurt me? If it means I get all these things that I want, that I clearly want, but I am not willing to settle for this hurt that happened to me in right. the past. And, and you would think a nuanced film would tie that metaphorically into the ability to predict with a percentage that is not 100 yeah. the compatibility with a person. Yeah, and but it, we, we witness characters in this movie getting a 75% and being congratulated because yeah. that's a good score. This movie doesn't tie those two things together at all, like except for the mental gymnastics of us trying to piece those things. Like, yeah, and that's the thing is Ewan McGregor doesn't learn this lesson, but he is the biggest example of it. Mm. Like he doesn't understand, which is why I'm saying that I might be inventing this. I, I might be applying my own metaphor to it as I watch the film because his character doesn't fucking see that at all. And it's not expressly stated within the context of the film that this is a thing that the film wants to deal with, but it is. Just because the hang-up of this person is that they're synthetic doesn't mean that that syntheticness can be that you laugh weird or that you happen to get drunk and say mean things or like whatever, right? Mm. Um, and just yeah, anything for, could for be the record, I laugh weird, but I wasn't talking about me for both those examples. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean like it, it's this film isn't dealing with the fact that like this doesn't have to be literally about synthetic beings this can be about synthetic problems that we create in the people that we love or the people that we have loved or that we don't choose to love moving forward because we're worried about this one thing, right? Like, like a serious film critic, I'm going to go back to How I Met Your Mother. Um, <laughs> there's an episode there where all the characters over the course of the evening slowly reveal the one deeply annoying thing about another character that once you know it, you can't unknow it, right? Yeah, like yeah. the annoying laugh that once you hear, you can't unhear, or the way of chewing too loudly that once you're aware of it, you can't forget it. Yeah. Um, being synthetic for Ewan, McGre Ewan McGregor is one of those things where it, he is aware of it on a intellectual level already because yeah. he is the creator of all of these beings. But once he is forced to know it, like the, the glass shatters and he sees it, he, he can't unsee it. And I agree. That's a nice metaphor. That's way more nice than any metaphor. The movie actually, yeah, had. Yeah. I, I do think you're pulling that out of thin air, but I, I appreciate <laughs> it. It makes the movie I'm feel a little bit more interesting myself. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just think, and like, even if the character, like the weirdest problem with the character having this hang up is that he started the company to prevent others from having to go through what he does. Like there, this film totally takes like Westworld's bicameral mind thing and re replaces it with like, what if I installed all of my hurt? into a robot so it would never hurt somebody else the way I've been hurt. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like his whole purpose is like 
people will let you down. I'm creating a machine that will never let you down. And when my company releases this drug, we'll literally be able to reflect. So if I can backtrack, one of the other cool things about the drug is that you take it in tandem and somehow through nano pheromones, I don't know, some bullshit, they didn't explain it. But essentially there is a an interaction that happens when the drug is existing in two people simultaneously. So one of these things is his ultimate goal is to create these machines that can reflect back the true love bi-directional experience. It's like the way dogs work. If you've ever read, there, there's some there's some medical... Okay, now you lost not, me, not a medical thing. There was some like pop science article about the reason we love dogs so much is when we look into a dog's eye... There's some complementary uh, like enzyme that we both get through that feedback mechanism of staring at each other that makes yeah. the dog want to like love you more and makes you want to love the dog more. And it's just like a weird endorphin generating machine that nature <laughs> nature created to make us love puppies. That sounds like something I got to snopes after this episode's <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so essentially, like he is literally devoted his entire life to preventing other people from hurting and not being able to find companionship. Like his first robot was a fucking body pillow that breathes. <laughs> like, like a fucking really creepy body pillow that breathes too. Yeah. Um, but it, it looks like if you've ever seen that creepy, like 3d animation uh, with like this naked hairless character, like, Look, I, I don't know how to describe it now. It, it, it's a thing that was an internet meme for a while where it's like posing seductively and saying like, hey, I didn't see you there. How about you and me go? You can cut all this. <laughs> Steven and I go to different parts of the internet. It's um, 3.30 in the morning right now. True. Um, but what I mean to say, that was that there's... I just it it's it pains me that this film just misses so much about like like what it's trying to do and I I don't know it just it's it's a sad misstep and a sad misfire and I think that there's a really interesting film that could be found in it um but it just doesn't really understand what it's trying to do or or just try it's trying to do too much mm. um it really could have taken any single piece of the puzzle it was trying to build and made a film on its own that may have made my top 10 list of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, but instead it's like, no, we'll just do it all and everybody will love it. And they just don't love it. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I agree. Coo. <laughs> uh, so should we get to verdicts? Yep. All right, uh, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Yet again, I'm going pass with caveat. Um, caveat being, I do think from a heart perspective and a stylistic perspective, this movie had enjoyable moments. Like, even the really obvious heartstring-tugging things that had, like, no depth at all underneath them, the just the shape of like that perfect music montage or whatever is enough to make me feel something so i'm giving it a bump from must avoid but i think this is basically a pretty big swing and a miss in terms of trying to say something interesting about way too many subjects at once and just failing and yeah i don't know i i, I feel like 
a much better film could have taken the place at the festival and I would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, I think if this if this was just a film about that drug and how society would survive in a world where the drug was created, probably would have been one of my most excited things that I saw at the festival. Um, but instead it was just a mess and a train wreck and uh, probably needs to be brought out of uh, circulation. <laughs> that was nice. supposed to be a reference to machines, but it sounds like I'm just like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Anyways, my official rating is also a pass with a caveat. Um, I, I wouldn't actively send people to go watch this movie, but if you saw it, I would enjoy getting a drink with you and discussing some of the sci-fi themes or, or just relationship themes. I think there's interesting stuff that it's doing. If not interestingly presented in the film, at least a close enough jumping off point that you could have hours upon hours of conversation about making up your own metaphors. If you watched it on 2X, it would be like an okay Black Mirror episode, I guess. <laughs> Says the guy who still hasn't watched any Black Mirror. Yeah, I, I know enough. Um, Black Mirror shaming you. <laughs> um, but anyways, that is our review of Zoe. So. so. <laughs> Stephen Miller, if people don't find, it, find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from something related to the Tribeca Film Festival and or this film. So hopefully you are enjoying that. We are going to take off because we have one more thing to record before we go to sleep. We sure do. <laughs> So wish us luck, guys, and um, you'll see this next episode in a day. (laughs) Bye.